Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's Berg Steeler fans. What's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Thank you all for taking the time, spending some of your Friday with me. I know that we are all geeked out of our minds for this upcoming game. It has been over seven months since we have had Pittsburgh Steelers football, and they are getting ready to kick off this Sunday, 1 o'clock at Acroshore Stadium against the San Francisco 49ers. And folks, do I have a show for you today. We're going to talk about news. We're going to talk about notes. We're going to update the injury report quickly, and then we're going to get right into this. In the first half of the show, I have my good friend Rob Stats Guerrero, who covers the San Francisco 49ers, and he's also a co-host of mine on an NFL show, the Fans First Football Show, which just debuted this last Monday on FFSN's NFL football feed. He is going to be on to talk all things San Francisco 49ers. In the second half of this show, we are going to have the All Bets Are Off segment where Jeremy and I are going to talk all things keys to victory. We're going to give our predictions. And then obviously at the very end of the show, you know how we finish out on Fridays. That is, simply put, heart to heart. Make sure you stay tuned. It's a special one for me. Very special. So, okay, let's talk injury report quickly. The Pittsburgh Steelers have had two practices under their belt at the time of this being recorded, Wednesday and Thursday. On Wednesday, the Steelers didn't have Cam Hayward. He was given a rest day, a veteran day off. Actually, he was limited. I'm sorry. My mistake. So they gave him some of the drills off uh, on Wednesday. Larry Ogunjobi, I had talked about he he was cleared and fully healthy. Maybe I was jumping the gun. My apologies. Larry Ogunjobi with a foot injury was limited on Wednesday. Okay, Wednesday, we always talk about you can pump your brakes a little bit. There are things that change from Wednesday, Thursday, and obviously on Friday when you get your game status. So we looked at Thursday. Thursday, Cam Hayward went the wrong way. Did not practice with what the Steelers are labeling a stomach. That's it. 
Didn't say illness, stomach. I don't know if it's an abdominal injury, if it's an injury at all, if he had an upset stomach. Maybe he's in the bathroom the whole practice. I don't know what's going on. All I know is he didn't practice on Thursday. So that's not great news. You hope that he's back on practice on Friday. We will see. Larry Ogunjobi continues to be limited on Thursday. Folks, in case you forget, we saw this all last season. Larry Ogunjobi was never really fully healthy. My hope is that, my gosh, this guy somehow, someway finds a way to actually get himself on the football field at 100% health. And after the foot injury, they had him in a boot during the preseason. Maybe it's not this year. Not sure. But that's the injury report right now. The Thursday injury report for the San Francisco 49ers has not been released yet at the moment of this being recorded. They had a laundry list of players on Wednesday. We'll talk about that with Rob. And let's get to that conversation. So right after a word from our sponsors, I'll be back with Rob Stats Guerrero to talk all things Steelers and Niners. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. I teased this on Wednesday that it was going to be a very special guest on to cover who covers the San Francisco 49ers. And that's Rob Stats Guerrero. What's up, Rob? How's it going? Hey, Jeff. It's going great. How uh-huh. are you? Oh, I'm fine. I mean, hey, like, like like I said, we did an NFL podcast on Monday, the fans first football show. I kind of said this. I, I feel like the Steelers are just kind of like this ho-hum nothing burger, whereas the San Francisco 49ers are like the drama queens of high school. You know, there's always something going on. Nick Bosa signs his deal. I mean, you got to be ecstatic. That was the same feeling the Steelers had if, uh, two years ago when TJ Watt signed his deal prior to week one against the Buffalo Bills. What's your knee-jerk reaction to the Bosa, everything from the minutia of the numbers to how this impacts the team, all that stuff? Well, first of all, it was just uh, just an <laughs> exhale. Like It was this dark cloud hanging over the team to start the season. Even Trent Williams in the locker room yesterday said, yeah, it was sort of hanging over the team because he's that good and he makes that much of a difference on the defense. And I had uttered the name T.J. Watt forever because Niner fans were going through the stages of coping. First it was, well, he doesn't really need training camp. He's Nick Bosa. He's in perfect shape. Then it's preseason week one. He doesn't nearly need week one preseason. There's still two more games. And then we just kept pushing it back, right? We kept moving the goalposts until finally it was, well, TJ Watt showed up, you know, 48 hours before (laughs) the game or whatever and dominated. So that's like the, the journey that I have been on. But now Nick Bosa is in. He makes that defensive line so much more formidable because you either have to double-team him, you double-team Javon Hargrave, that leaves Eric Armstead one-on-one, that leaves Drake Jackson one-on-one. The pressure that they can now put on you just with their front four is completely different than it was 24 hours ago. Well, let's focus on Bosa for a second, and I want to get your thought on expectations for him in this game on Sunday because I'll be honest – there is one giant difference between himself and TJ Watt, and that's TJ Watt performed more of the hold in where he was in training camp. He was doing all the individual drills. He did everything except for 
team drills, and participate in preseason games. Bosa was away from the team, and even T.J. Watt in that game against Buffalo afterwards, which he registered two sacks of Josh Allen. He was still a a dynamic player. He talked about how he was gassed, and he didn't get to play as much because he just was not in game shape. But what are your expectations for, for Nick Bosa in this game on Sunday? Well, despite the fact that his mom went on local radio in San Francisco yesterday and said he's bigger, stronger, faster, best shape of his life, all that stuff. I'm a firm believer in the idea that you can't truly be ready for football without doing football. And I know that the Boses keep themselves in great shape and all that stuff, but I will not be shocked if afterwards we find out, hey, Nick Bosa was on a snap count or, hey, he was out at this point of the game because he was just gassed, like you said, I think that even the guys that keep themselves in great shape can't totally be ready to go until they've actually done it. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was on some kind of snap count. I think we're going to have to look at quality versus quantity for Bosa on Sunday. Is that where we are now having a player's mom on local radio? (laughs) I saw that and I was like, oh, should I use that? And I'm like, it's his mom. Like, what's she going to say? Right. You know, he's he's been looking a little sluggish around the house. He's been kind of, you know, just loafing around, but. I guess it's good, but I'm not going to, you know, go over the movie about it. <laughs> I thought the Watt brothers were bad. Bosa's might be on a different level. <laughs> All right, let's go on to injuries, because that's going to be a big thing for a lot of teams, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, minimal uh you by the time this is being recorded the thursday injury report has not been released so we're basing all this on the wednesday injury report the steelers cam hayward was given the day off and larry ogunjobi was limited now there was one big injury which was kind of going around uh social media perspective and it was, it was the groin injury to george kittle now i saw that correct me if i'm wrong george kittle was limited in practice wednesday what are the what are the other injuries are there any other injuries for the 49ers that the steeler fans might want to know about heading into this week one game So here's the thing. They don't have anybody that's been out, but like you said, Kittle was limited. They got a lot of guys that we don't really know about. Kittle was limited. Their starting safety, who was an all-pro last year, Talanoa Hufanga, was limited with a a knee injury. He's got a cyst on the back of his knee, which is really weird. I don't even know, like, what to make of that, what you do with that. Um, Their kick returner, Ray Ray McLeod, had surgery about four weeks ago on his wrist. He is back practicing. But supposedly he's going to go. But do you really feel totally comfortable there? So no one is out. But there are a bunch of guys, including Kittle, that aren't totally 100% as there always are with this team. Yeah. And week one, typically it's when teams are the most healthy. I mean, that's when you you play your cards right. You hopefully don't have a lot of those procedures like Ray Ray McLeod cysts in the back of the knee, which is definitely unique based on what, what that might look like from a uh, a diagnosis perspective, but you know, Hey, the Steeler fans know Ray, Ray McLeod, and he can have the, the right. spark play. And he was with the Steelers. And that brings me to my next point. I want to get your take. Look, the 49ers, we were talking about this on another podcast amongst the, the steel curtain network. I think this might be the toughest game on the Steelers schedule. All 17 games. They're that good. I mean, they were, they are a legitimate super bowl contender. I think they got their, the roster got better with additions like Javon Hargrave, Brock Purdy, Love him or not, he has experience under his belt now. As long as his elbow holds up, should be fine. What are the what are the weaknesses, though? If you were to try and pinpoint a weakness, and Rob, I know you know there are weaknesses because you're going to call them out when no one else is doing it over mm-hmm. there on your podcast platform. What are some of the weaknesses that if the, if you're de, you know you're developing a plan for the Steelers, you're like hey, this is what we want to do both on offense and defense to attack the 49ers. What is that? 
Well, I think the 49ers, the right side of the offensive line is definitely a weakness. You've got Colt McKivitz at right tackle. He was a guy the Niners had actually cut not too long ago at one point. So that tells you, you know, where his standing is. At one point, he wasn't even good enough to be on the 49ers. Now he's the unquestioned starter at right tackle. So I don't love that. Their right guard is Spencer Burford. He was a fourth round rookie last year. He was okay, but, you know, you'd like to have a little more ability on that side of the line. So that's definitely a weakness that the Steelers can attack. I'm sure they are going to have TJ Watt there instead of going up against Trent Williams on the other side. That's definitely a weakness. And then the secondary for the Niners. They have Traverius Ward, who's pretty good, but their second corner right now is Diamador Lenore. You don't know who Diamador Lenore is, and that's the point. Um, (laughs) So their secondary can be had. Now, they are built to compensate for that with the pressure that they get with their defensive line so they can leave seven guys in coverage. But there's opportunities there. They gave up more 50-yard pass plays last year than anyone else in the entire league. And we know that George Pickens can make contested catches. So if I'm Kenny Pickett and the Steelers, I just chuck it deep a couple of times because that's been a big problem for the 49ers. And I don't know that it got any better this year. I mean, their run defense is legit. So it's not like you're going to soften them up that way. So that's some really good insight. Let's talk about the strengths of this 49ers team. And you're talking about how they want to move the football. Do you think they're going to... I, I still go back to Purdy because the quarterback position is just so freaking important in these <laughs> NFL games. And mm-hmm. are, are are people hundred percent confident in his elbow? And, and he's, he's a, he's good to go. Is that the kind of the sentiment right now, before we talk about the offensive plan, the 49ers are, or at least that's the message that they are selling. Everything that we've seen from Purdy is that basically he's good to go and the elbow is not going to be an issue and we should be fine. But, We have to see. This is a surgery that's younger than Venmo, okay? Like, it literally did not exist (laughs) 10 years ago. So, there's a lot of unknowns. I think only three other NFL quarterbacks have ever had it, ever. So, we just don't know because we're in uncharted territory. And then beyond the elbow, there's the fact that he only has eight games of experience. And he's 23 years old. He's like the fifth youngest starting quarterback in the league, fifth or sixth right around there. He just hasn't played that much. So the elbow is one thing, and and hopefully that's going to hold up. But we also don't know, like, can this guy play in the league yet? Eight games is not a big enough sample. So there are some questions there for sure. Did you see enough from him in the preseason in terms of a sample size that you're like, okay, he's made the throws. He's made those. You got to put it on a line over the middle in tight coverage. He's also taken the deep shots. I guess the throws opposite hash outside the numbers. Has he made those throws that make you personally think, okay, I think the elbow is good. I I think as long as it can hold up for 17 weeks, he should be okay. Well, no, I haven't seen those throws, but to be honest, he doesn't really do those throws. Anyway, those throws are not really staples of the 49ers offense. Now, maybe it's because they've haven't really had a quarterback that's had the arm talent to make those kind of throws. So Kyle Shanahan just hasn't really put them in the playbook but I haven't seen those throws. I've seen Brock make quick decisions, get the ball out of his hands and get it out of his hands accurately. That's really the main thing that you're looking at with Purdy. And he's, he did that in the preseason, but in terms of like the deep balls, I haven't really seen any deep balls from him and I don't really expect to see a ton of them. The 49ers have a lot of weapons, you know, whether George Kittle plays or not, they do have a lot of offensive weapons. Christian McCaffrey, if I'm Terrell Austin, the Steelers defensive coordinator would give me absolute nightmares his ability to both flex out to the slot, to catch the ball out of the backfield, not to mention just running the football. 
Then you throw in Debo Samuel and his unique skill set. Ayuk is a, I, I think he's one of the up and coming playmakers that no one really talks about too much, but he's, I love, I love his game as he's really, really good. What are, what is the, the approach going to be? Is this just going to be a typical Kyle Shanahan? We are going to do what we do. I don't care who the opposition is. My scheme is good enough, or are they going to have something specifically for your TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith duo and trying to attack the Steelers in a specific way? What are your thoughts? So the thing that I really like about the 49ers offense this year is, and again, this is assuming that Brock Purdy resembles the player that we saw last season, is that I really think this offense is set up to win any kind of game they need to win. If they need to grind it out on the ground, they have Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell behind him. They can grind it out on the ground and do it that way. If for whatever reason they can't run the ball and they got to drop back and pass and rely on Brock Purdy, because of his accuracy and because of the weapons they have there, I think they can do that and win a shootout if they have to. And they have so much versatility. And what they do, here's basically what the Niners do in a nutshell. They give you a picture, right? They come out with their personnel. It's Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, Juszczyk, McCaffrey. They come out and they give the defense a picture. But then they have McCaffrey or they'll have Debo run into the backfield, and then they'll have McCaffrey go into the slot, or they'll have McCaffrey go out wide, or they'll have their fullback, Kyle Juszczyk, go into the slot. They are constantly changing the picture on you, and then they snap the ball. So just when you think you know the picture, it changes, and then they snap the ball, and everybody on defense has to react, and the Niners are counting on that, just that second of confusion to be able to capitalize. And with everybody healthy or close to healthy right now, that's that sort of like maximum capacity this is a this to me like if you like defensive football is going to be a phenomenal game uh mike tomlin giving an extra week of prep is going to have the best plan possible with his current roster and this this Steelers defense is completely overhauled i think there were only six players that had starting experience that made the team this year i mean safety group defensive backs in general inside linebackers come they've got rid of everyone except for Mark Robinson, who was a seventh round pick. who's just a depth piece. Anyways, this is going to look really different. I'm really excited to see what the Steelers are going to try to do mix and match. I expect a lot of the three safety looks that Brian Flores brought into the system last year when he was there for just his lone year before going to Minnesota. They really like the safeties that they have with KZ Keanu Neal, and obviously Minka Fitzpatrick matching up when you do what you just said, Christian McCaffrey goes to the slot. Debo Samuels in the backfield. Now, how do they match that? This chess game is going to be really fun to watch. And I think it's going to be a phenomenal football game. I want to ask you about your prediction for this game. Now, currently we are sponsored by my bookie. So we'll say the, my bookie line that I have in front of me is that right now, San Francisco is giving two and a half points on the road with an over under at 41 and a half. So Rob, they see it as a low-scoring game as well. How do you see this playing out? What's your final score prediction? I think it's going to be a low-scoring game as well. The Niners have averaged less than 20 points a game in week one in Kyle Shanahan's six-year tenure. So they, they, they're they kind of slow starters. It takes them a while. Kyle's biggest strength is figuring out what you do and then countering that. But there's no film this year because yeah. we haven't played. It's week one. So that sort of ability is taken out of his tool bag. I would take the points in the game, to be honest with you. I picked the Niners to win, but if they do win, I think it's going to be close. It's going to be a low-scoring game, and I could easily see the Steelers winning. So in that kind of situation, I always take the team that's getting the points. And by the way, the Niners kicker, Jake Moody, rookie kicker, who was shaky in the preseason, 
and has been banged up. They're not 100% sure he's going to play. They're pretty sure, but they're not 100% sure. And Pittsburgh is a tough place to kick with yeah, a two-and-a-half-point spread. Give me the team that's getting points. I totally forgot that last year the Niners lost to the Bears in week one. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was a monsoon. Oh, yeah. Here, no, it was, yeah. Here's how bad the weather was in that game. Fox had to go to the snow graphics where the numbers on the field are black. <laughs> Just so you could see the numbers on the field. It was literally melting. The paint on the field was melting. It was unbelievable. But the Niners have an incredible amount of talent, and they lost to the team that was, you know, arguably the worst team in the league last year. So, yeah, week one with the Niners, weird stuff happens. I think it's indicative of week ones in general. You just never know what you're going to get. If I'm a better, I'm not touching some of these games with a 10 foot pole because you just don't know what you're going to get. Rob, go ahead and get, tell all the listeners out there if they want to get the inside look on the 49ers, where they can find your coverage as well as you on social media. Well, I'm on all the socials at stats on fire. Uh, We're part of the fans first network here, obviously. So, 49ers gold standard podcast network where all your pods are available or if you're a YouTube person no problem check us out gold standard network we just hit 5,000 subscribers so very grateful and appreciative of that thank you very much Uh, so yeah we're we're everywhere you want your coverage Rob enjoy the game I know that I'm going to enjoy the game we will be talking on the fans first sports network uh, FFSN football show on Monday and I'm sure we're going to talk about this game a lot In the meantime, enjoy it, my friend. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. Anytime. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, Steeler fans, welcome back to the second half of this Friday episode of Let's Ride, which means it's time for the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts. Jerome, what's going on? How are you? Man, I'm so ready for football. It's it's awesome. Had a game last night. Going to be talking some Sunday ball. Let's do it. Yeah, for sure. Are you a little nervous? Uh, I mean, yeah, I always get a little antsy before the first yeah. Steelers game, but yeah. I, I think that they have what it takes to put together a winning performance. We'll see if they do. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a really challenging game in the first half. I had Rob Stats Guerrero on to talk about all things yeah. 49ers. So you guys, everyone got a great look and glimpse into what the 49ers are trying to do, the strengths, weaknesses. I want to talk about the Steelers, though, right now and the 
the keys to victory, so to speak. And we're going to bounce some ideas off each other as we break these down offensively and defensively. Keys to victory, things that need to happen for them to leave week one with a win at Akershore Stadium. Let's start on offense. Jeremy, mm-hmm. give me one key, just one. We're going to probably list off two or three, but let's just start with one. What's your number one key to victory on the offensive side of the ball? The Steelers need to be efficient running the football. They don't necessarily have to have huge statistics running the football, but I think they need to be efficient running the football. That's going to open up the passing game. It's going to give Kenny Pickett the opportunity to work in the pocket and eliminate some of the pin your ears back and go from Nick Bosa and company on the defensive side of the ball. So when you can get out in space, when you can work the outsides in the passing game, that's going to be how you beat San Francisco. Uh, Their cornerback room is, I mean, they've got uh, Javarius Ward, I believe, uh, at corner, uh, and he's their best corner. But outside of that, they've got some issues, and they're going to need to – to, to bring it, it and really stop the run. That's that's going to be their calling card. So if the Steelers can be efficient running the ball and be able to then play off of that on the outside, that's how they win this game. I think they have a chance to do so, but they've got to be efficient running the football to get there. Yeah, I I, I really like that. And that was going to definitely lean on something pertaining to the running game and, and why it's important to even just attempt to run the yeah. ball. I take what I always thought last season, I try to then add in the preseason and what we saw there. And I try to like say, okay, how do I piece all this together? I want the Steelers to eventually be an offense that can dictate what the defense does and whatever the defense is doing, we've got an answer. So I want to see this mix and match. We talk about that on defense all the time, mix and match. They do this. We respond with this. I want to see the Steelers offense duplicate that same methodology, so to speak. So if the 49ers come out, and the Steelers are in you know, two tight ends, and it looks like they're they're going heavy, the 49ers, that is, to stop mm-hmm. the run. You have the horses in Darnell Washington and Pat Fryermuth to run some play action and to open up the passing attack. And you know George Pickens and Deontay Johnson are going to be able to make plays on the outside. You have to, you can't bang your head against the wall. So efficiency, like you said, is key. I want to see them mix and match on offense. What else do you have on the offensive side of the ball? I think you just got to obviously eliminate turnovers. That was kind of, that was going to be more on my, on the defensive side of the ball for me as the bigger key to winning the ball game. But if you can limit turnovers, if you can limit what the 49ers can create as far as splash on the defensive, on their defensive side of the ball, then I think you have a shot efficiency and ball protection. But you know, Kenny Pickett's going to have to play clean and we saw it in the preseason and that's what he's going to have to continue to to do is what we saw at the end of 2022, where he took care of the football. Um, I think he had one interception over his last seven games or something like that. And in the preseason, you know, that efficiency and making the right reads and right decisions, you just got to do that. You cannot give the 49ers extra possessions or any momentum on the defensive side of the ball that's not going to go well for you. So take care of that football. I'm going to go with, and I say this all the time, they have to win in those key areas. Third down, yeah, red zone, they have to be able to add, you know, continue those drives on third down. I don't care if it's a third and 10. You got to convert some of those. Yeah, You're going against a really good San Francisco defense. 
three and outs are going to be the death of you. They're, they're going to happen. Like people need to realize that it's going to happen. They're going to stumble a little bit. They're not going to always look pristine like they did in the preseason, but still you have to be able to win when it matters. If there's a weakness in this San Francisco offense at times is that they will settle for field goals. If the Steelers can capitalize in the red zone, punch it in for seven and not settle for three, that could be the difference in the game. Do you have any other offensive keys or is that it for you? Yeah, the the other thing to me is start fast because yeah. you you need to have this Acrisure Stadium crowd behind you from the very beginning. And if yeah. you start fast on offense, you put the Niners in position where okay, now we're we're having to keep keep up with the Steelers and make sure we're scoring and and allow the defense to to pin their ears back a little bit and to get the crowd loud and on your side quickly, that's going to be huge. Just outside of the X's and O's, I think that might be the biggest The biggest key is you know, making sure that the momentum follows you and you're not having sure. to work against it the whole, whole game. And the last key for me on the offensive side of the ball is I want to see the explosive plays continue. And that, that was the MO all preseason, whether it was the 33-yard touchdown to George Pickens, whether it was the... 25 ish to Pat Fryermuth, the 62 yard run, the bomb to Calvin Austin, yeah. the big play in the return game. We know those are, I know that's not offensively, but you understand what I'm saying. I want to see the explosive plays continue. Those are the plays that can turn the tide. Now, I do want to ask you before we go to the defensive side if you're Mike Tomlin and you win the coin toss in week one, yeah. are you taking the football or are you deferring to the second half? I'm deferring. I, I want my my strength on the field first. I want my defense to set the tone and, and then go from there. And I think that that's, that's the best plan here. Get that defense out there, get a quick stop and then let your offense kind of ride their momentum on a drive of their own. That would be awesome. If you stop them and then you go out and put seven on the board, that's the best start the Steelers can imagine in, in that regard. I think. Yeah, I agree with you. Normally, I'm an I'm a guy that says put the offense out there and let them go down and score a touchdown. But this is a game at home. That yeah. place is going to be fired up. The defense yeah. is going to want them to be loud. That momentum that you spoke about, like the introductions and all that stuff, it's going to be at a fever pitch. Get the defense out there. Pin your ears back. Go knock Brock Purdy's head off. All right, yeah. let's go to the defensive side of the football. What are some of your keys to victory for the defense? This is going to be a challenge. Yeah, so the biggest one is, is make Brock Purdy sweat. I think w- there's more tape on him now uh, after seeing what they want to do with him last year. And it's no secret what Kyle Shanahan and San Francisco do on offense. They just do it really well. They put players in positions to succeed. They, they have an out for every coverage. So you've got to be, you've got to be good at tackling. You got to be sound fundamentally, but I think you got to get in Brock Purdy's face. You got to make this guy feel it. You got to make him uh, wish that he was like most seventh round picks uh, sitting on the bench, watching the game instead of being in there. That's what you got to do with this guy in order to win. Get in his face, get in his grill often. Let him know that even if he's, even if he's handing the ball off on an RPO, let him know that if he keeps it, he's going down and he's going down hard. Um, That's what the Steelers do against mobile quarterbacks. And, you know, Brock Purdy has more mobility than a lot of people give him credit for. He can get out of the pocket. He can move. He can, he can scramble much like Kenny Pickett can get in his face and, and, and mess him up uh, mentally, you know, get in it, get in his head and let him know that 
you know, this, this rush is going to be on you in two seconds. You better get that ball out of there or we're going to mess you up. And, and the defense, the secondary is going to take the ball away in those, in that situation. I love it. I think you got to pressure birdie that you, you definitely stole one of mine there and that's fine. I'm going to go with my next one. And that is, I want to see a chess match between Shanahan and Austin and Tomlin. Yeah. That's going to be really fun to watch. You know, Rob talked about in the first half, how what Kyle Shanahan loves to do is he shows you one thing. And then right before the snap, it changes. And now he's showing a different picture. The Steelers are going to have a lot of that kind of background knowledge of what they like to do. They'll look at the playoff games last year and, the, really, it's kind of the same personnel, but at the same time, there will be some wrinkles. That's that's understood. But I want to see how the Steelers, with their revamped secondary, with the completely revamped inside linebacker room, how do they match players like Debo Samuel, players like Christian McCaffrey, who they, they move them all over the football field. I'm really anxious to see if the Steelers, because I think this is a key, they yeah. have to be able to mix and match with San Francisco. It's not going to be easy. The personnel that they brought in gives them flexibility when you're talking about Quan Alexander and some of the safeties that they have. That's a key for me. What else for you on defense? So the 49ers represent a pretty significant matchup problem for Pittsburgh, I think, when you're talking Christian McCaffrey versus this linebacker group. And the the question all offseason has been, can the linebackers cover in space? Can they get out in space and be effective? We know they can get downhill and affect a traditional running game. But can they get out in space? That's That could be a matchup issue that we see very quickly. And Mike Tomlin alluded to it in his press conference that Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, these might be the best guys after the catch, after the ball's in their hands, at their respective positions in the league. They're going to have their hands full. The linebacker matchup versus Christian McCaffrey, can they limit his – his work after he gets the ball. Cause he's going to get the ball. They're going to feed him the football. And a lot of that's going to be in the passing game out in space. Can you minimize his impact after the catch? You've got to do it. If you want to win this ball game, you can't let them turn screen passes into 20 yard gains. You can't let them turn wheel routes and, and, and uh, flares out of the backfield into, into anything more than two and three yard gains or tackles for losses. If you want to control this offense. So those linebackers matching up against Christian McCaffrey specifically out of the backfield, that's going to be huge for the Steelers. I think that if, if the Steelers can get the 49ers to the point where they have to do some of the things that you just mentioned, that means that they're slot, they're stopping the conventional running lanes. They're not yeah. letting them run necessarily between the tackles, you know, in the A and B gaps, they're, they're stifling that running game and it's forcing Shanahan to get creative to get his players the football in space, which is something he wants to do anyways, but don't yeah. dismiss the fact that they also want to run the ball north and south to keep the pressure off of Purdy. If the yeah. Steelers can do that, I like their chances. Yes, there are, there are mismatches that you spoke about in space. That's He's a dangerous man with the yeah. football in his hands, but I think that the Steelers, if they can limit things in the running game, it's going to go a long way. Anything else? Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, you, you kind of want to force San Francisco into a more – traditional drop back passing game yep. where they're having to push the ball into the intermediate intermediate portion of the field more. And you do that partially by eliminating the run between the tackles, like you're saying um, where they can't just play up that use that play action, you know, that they're really good at where you're getting linebackers moving up in your crate and voids and space behind you. So if the Steelers can, 
can stuff the run and and tackle the ball carrier in space, then you're going to force these third and eights and maybe third and twelves and stuff where Brock Purdy's going to have to take the, the shotgun snap and drop back, survey the field and make a play. That's when the Steelers' defense is at their best. T.J. Watt and, and company, Alex Highsmith, getting upfield fast, pinning their ears back and, you know, pressuring a quarterback that – you know, we'll see the physical tools are limited with Brock Purdy. That's his biggest downside. The mental game is obviously there and the scheme definitely helps him. But if he has to rely on his own physical assets to beat you, then I don't know if he can do that. And the Steelers would be in good shape if they can force that. You know, Brock Purdy doesn't like to throw the ball down the field a whole bunch. They like the rhythm passing game. They want to get the ball out of his hands quick. If they can force him into down and distances where it's obvious what they're going to do, TJ Watt should have a oh. freaking field day yes. off the left side. Yeah. And if it's Nick Herbig coming in after him or Marcus Golden, they should have a field day. I'm not expecting much from Alex Highsmith here. He's going against one of the best in the Trent game, Williams, Trent yeah. Williams. Yeah, and I mean, the dude's yeah. a mauler. Uh, but still, I, I think that stopping the run and forcing them into those down and distances are going to make Purdy a little uncomfortable. Let's also not forget to mention that he's missed some time. His elbow. Go ahead, Jeremy. What are you going to say? No, no, I was just going to ask you a question when you were oh, done, sure. when you were yeah. done talking. So, um, you know, I, I kind of get this feeling, Jeff, and maybe it's just the Steelers fan inside me, but I get this feeling that TJ Watts about to launch a, a counter offensive <laughs> to the <laughs> national media business. and everything, yeah. pushing him down the, the charts and it's going to start in this game. And I, I would be sweating and not sleeping uh, all night Saturday night if I'm Brock Purdy because I think TJ Watt has a a league vendetta that he's about to go on and it's especially early in the season I think he's about to go nuts so um yeah Brock Purdy and his his elbow better be better watch it coming off of that that front side yeah it, it could be something special now what we're going to do this year is we're going to do some game picks before we get to our prediction for the Steelers game I want to just stick this week, week one, so crazy. I just want to stick with the division games. We'll kind of go into some other games that might have some significance for the Steelers coming up. But let's start off uh, the divisional games on the AFC North. Cleveland, Cincinnati, this is a game Joe Burrow might own some teams, but he struggles against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, What do you see happening in this game? What are are your predictions there? The Bengals went 0-2 to start last season. They're going to go 0-1 to start this one as well. The Cleveland Browns are going to win this game. The narrative's going to flip. The overreactions are going to come pouring in. Deshaun Watson's back. The Cleveland Browns are going crazy. But it's going to be more about that defense. I think the Browns' defense is going to be a lot more sound this year. Joe Burrow hasn't taken any snaps in training camp or preseason because of the, the calf injury. I'm still not sure and we won't be sure he said he's good to go obviously but is he 100 percent on that calf i don't know um i like the browns in this game i really do and i'm predicting uh the that the browns flip the script here and uh they they take care of business against the the Bengals. i'm gonna go against you here i'm gonna say that the Bengals find a way to win i don't think deshaun watson's back i don't think he's any good uh i think that his better days are behind him and they're gonna have to eat that contract eventually And uh, so I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals in this one. Let's go to the only other uh, division game. The man, this is such a horrible game. Baltimore's <laughs> yeah. hosting the Houston Texans. I mean, if there's 
if there's a game that you're like, wow, this is incredible. I think Baltimore is 10 point favorites in this yeah. one. What, what are your thoughts? This, cause this should be quick. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those classic Ravens win 35 to 10 and everybody's yeah. like, Oh, the Ravens are going to cruise to an AFC title game. I think the Ravens have some issues. Andrew Wilbar and I have discussed that at length on the Steelers fix podcast and some of our previews for the North and predictions and things like that. But Houston's not ready for John Harbaugh's group in week one. I don't care if the Ravens offense starts a little slow with Todd Monken. Overall, they won't start slow in this game. This is, this is, uh, if you're in survivor leagues, this is the pick of the week for me. Yeah. I did not take this game in the, in, in my pick. I, I actually picked, believe it or not, I picked Minnesota. Over uh, Tampa Bay, okay. Uh, in my yeah, survivor like league, or the survivor league to get in to get a Donnie show autograph football. I normally am out of by week two, just so you know. <laughs> Me All too. right, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the Steelers. Yeah. According to my bookie, who is sponsoring the Steel Curtain Network, the Steelers are currently getting two and a half points at home, home dogs against the San Francisco 49ers with an over under set at 41 and a half. Jeremy, how do you see this game shaking out? What's your final score prediction? Yeah, this game is it's going to be fun. I I'm taking the Steelers on the betting lines. Even if they were to lose, I would still take them in a close game at home. But I, I think the Steelers win this football game. Um, it's going to be one of those games where I think the Steelers will start out pretty quick. They'll build a little bit of a lead, but San Francisco takes that lead back, twenty to seventeen in the fourth quarter, and then Kenny Pickett picks off or picks up where he left off last year and comes down the field and scores a touchdown, forcing San Francisco to have to try for a touchdown as well. And they can't do it against the Steelers defense. The Steelers win 24 20 in the opener at home against the San Francisco 49ers. Well, you know, my prediction, I actually, I like your point total for Pittsburgh at 24 points. And I have this being a really close game. Definitely take the Steelers getting two and a half at home. I love that spread. Some are at three. Take it. Take the points. I think this game is going to come down to, and, and again, if you listen to the first half, Rob talked about how their kicker is banged up. They think he's going to go. A field goal that is missed, and the Steelers win the game 24-23. to 23, yes. A one-point margin victory for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Come on now. You know I'm going to pick the Steelers. Get out oh, of yeah. here. So, all, all right, 17. there you go. Yeah, that's right. So, all right, Jeremy, good stuff. Let everyone know where they can find you on social media and what you have coming up. Uh, on the website as well as their Steelers Fix podcast. Yeah, I got some fantasy, 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 <laughs> <laughs> fantasy football stuff coming up on the website. We'll be uh, talking week one action and then you know, recapping that as well uh, next week. Uh, I'll be keeping up with power rankings throughout the year as well. And then uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the bets 93 got to 300 followers this last nice. week. So uh, working my way up, it's slow, but I appreciate the follows. Follow me. If you want Steelers, NFL fantasy content, that's basically all I do. I like to dive into the darker parts of Twix as I like to call it. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, follow me at the bets 93 T H E B E T Z nine three. And we'll have fun conversations about all things, Pittsburgh Steelers, NFL fantasy football. Absolutely. Jeremy, as always, enjoy the game, and we will talk next week. Take it easy. You too, man. Have a good one. See ya. All right, a big thank you to Jeremy, as always. Really great talking to him. I'm I'm so glad we finally have football, like regular season football to discuss. 
it's really, really awesome. I hope our predictions come to fruition. I hope the Steelers start off one and know that would be awesome. So, okay, I want to finish this up with a heart-to-heart. I think there might have been a question on the mailbag, or maybe someone just messaged me about it. Um, I know that Brian Davis talked about it on his Here We Go Steelers show on Tuesday morning with Coach Kevin Smith, and that was uh, a celebrity death. I'm not a guy that gets phased by these celebrity deaths. Brian's always talking about it, and yeah, it's sad. No one wants to see a loss of life, but still, it never really phased me. And then Jimmy Buffett died, and I swear, so... Jimmy Buffett, I never met the guy. I saw him in concert a a crap ton. But still, uh, I I love his music. I've always loved his music since, like, end of high school into college. Like, that's when I really got into it. All my fraternity brothers were big parrot heads, and it continued. And I think what it realizes, and I'm going to tie this in with the Steelers, so bear with me. What you realize is that you're, you're not just sad about the loss of a life, which is sad in and of itself. But you're going back and you're listening to these songs that have become like the soundtrack of your life. So to give you an example, my my wife and I's our wedding was a Buffett themed wedding. Uh, We danced to a Jimmy Buffett song like that was our first dance. Uh, Anything, anytime, anywhere is the song. We uh, we named our daughter Savannah, which one of my favorite Jimmy Buffett songs, Savannah, fare you well. But his daughter was named Savannah. That's how we found the name and liked the name. All of our kids have like these songs that he had written that are associated with them. Um, songs like There's Something So Feminine About a Mandolin, which if you're a father of a daughter and you hear that, or Little Miss Magic, I mean, my gosh, like it, it tears at your heartstrings because it's about him speaking to his daughters. He has two daughters. And so it becomes this soundtrack of your life. And then I think about the Steelers. And I remember last year when Franco Harris passed away. My, that kind of hit my dad kind of hard. And I understand it. These players, this team, if if music is the soundtrack of our life, then watching these players play is like the VHS tape. For those of you that are my age or a little bit older, it's the VHS tape of your life that you pop in and be like, oh my gosh, man, I remember that. I remember that game. I remember what I was doing. I remember what I was wearing. I remember Super Bowl 43 when Santonio Holmes gets his feet in and then they the, the sack of... Kurt Warner ends the game. I went into the crib and got my son out of the crib. He was asleep, but I wrapped him in a terrible towel. Like the, the Steelers become a part of your life. And so, yeah, when, when someone like Franco Harris passes away last year, right before they're going to honor him and retire his jersey, like, that's crushing for a lot of people. Just like when I found out that Jimmy Buffett died was crushing. My dad never met Franco Harris. I never met Jimmy Buffett. But you know what? They, they are a part of your lives, and so therefore – I just want to pay some homage to the man who wrote so many songs that have so much meaning to me and my life and my family. And I've never felt this way about a celebrity death before. I'll put it that way. It's, it crushed us pretty hard. And I say us because it wasn't just me, uh, my wife, my, my kids. uh, It was tough. It was tough. My son's a huge parrot head and uh, yeah, it was tough, tough week. So I wanted to, wanted to say that that's how we're going to finish the show here. So, okay, folks, that does it for me. I hope you enjoy the game. Make sure after the game you're checking out our post-game show. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, we'll live stream on Twitter. You can follow my feed. It'll be there. You can also follow us on the Steel Curtain Network's feed. Uh, we'll also be on YouTube and Facebook. Make sure you follow us on those platforms. If not, it'll be on the audio feed shortly afterwards. And then at 9 a.m. on Monday, probably 9, it might be regular time. I'm not sure. It'll at least be out there Monday morning. You're going to get my thoughts, the winners and losers, just like we always do in the regular season. I'm excited, and I'm sure you are too. 
All right, that does it for me. This show is a little long. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. In the meantime, you know how we finished it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the game. We'll see you on Monday. Go see you. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.